johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. We are ready to roll. We are down to four games this weekend in the NFL. You know what NFL stands for, Kasi, don't you? Well, there's a few different terminologies. I think it stands for not for long, but I think yours is a little different. Not for losers. Yeah, I figured it would be. I figured well, it let would me be. Tell you, let's, all right, let's, the Ravens. Let's, the Ravens are still here. So, well, so let's jump. Matters. Let's jump into this. We're going to go backwards before you talk about systems, trends, betting, and all that good stuff. Let's talk about. You know, my son is not happy. He was rooting for a Pittsburgh matchup. It would have been one of the oldest rivalries in the NFL, um, and had a. You know, he felt that was an easy walk in the park. He. Uh, as much as he's a fan, he made his own little 18-year-old line. He made the Ravens minus four. And he told me last that last night and this morning before I went on the radio that he doesn't he will not be shocked at all if we lose outright. Well, I listen, if I was to take suggestions from your son, I would probably be broke by now because there's been on many occurrences where he where he said we weren't going to beat San Fran. I mean, look, he's typical kids are looking at good versus bad. They see a team like the San Francisco 49ers. They're extremely hot. They're the one seed. The Ravens are going on the road. They're the dog. Everybody's talking about San Fran. I think the media and the social media get to these kids where they're like, no way. They can't beat them, and then they beat them. I mean, if it was that easy... You know, everybody would be picking winners. And I think your son also, he likes to say that because if it happens, he doesn't, he isn't as upset versus when they win, he's really excited. So he's just, he's learning from an early age how to, you know, how to not be too upset when they lose because I know how he can get. He can get really upset when they lose. So. This is a way for him. It's a defense mechanism for him to to fight it if they happen to do lose. Good point. Never like, thought oh, of it like that. that. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. I, look, he knows he hears me all day long. Don't be emotional. Don't be emotional. Don't be emotional regarding gambling. Um, so he, 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 he hears that all day long from his dad. So, uh, But uh, what do you say about the fact that you saw that little video I sent you and Mitch? What do you think about the uh, his analysis 
Did you watch a little minute video I sent you at dinner the other night where he broke it down? Yeah, it was he, good. I mean, look, the kid is sharp. I mean, we've been, you know, I mean, he, lo- he, loves, he loves the, he loves, he loves uh, the Texans quarterback. Well, how could you not? The guy is going to be the rookie of the year. He's also, you know, he's not going to win the MVP, but he's definitely in the MVP discussion. If he didn't have that concussion and he wasn't out for a couple games, Never know. He could be really up there. I mean, again, they just won their division late. The Ravens won their division a few weeks prior. So I don't think they can give it to anybody else based on the body of work. But, I mean, you saw what they do when they didn't have Stroud out there. It's a different team. And it's just so funny because, you know, you go into the year and you, as soon as the football season's over, the next thing is the draft. And you go to the draft, and everybody gets scrutinized and analyzed. And I think you remember last year we had a futures ticket on um, Anthony Richardson to go number one overall. And there was all this hype because after Pro Day, Richardson had all the talent in the world. He was going to be the next Lamar. And at one point, he was almost a betting favorite. So fast forward. He wasn't. He didn't go number one. He had some going number two, so we didn't win the bet. But not only did he go number two, C.J. Stroud went number three. So it just shows no matter what you do on paper and no matter how much analyzation you put into it, how many scouts you have, at the end of the day, the numbers that are your 40 time, your your IQ, your, you know, all these tests they take, it doesn't matter because the only thing that matters, are you a good football player as a quarterback, a good leader, a player that could make his team better? And if you are, you're going to be great. And it, we've never seen this. I don't think I've ever seen it. A rookie quarterback be that good this quick, usually, especially coming to a team like the Texans, Texans who've been horrible for years and for him to completely turn the culture around. And again, it's not just him. D'Amico Ryans was a very good defensive coordinator for the 49ers. And, you know, the Texans grabbed him and he's changed the culture. They play defense now down there in uh, Houston. They didn't play defense for many years. So I'm excited for him. Just not this week. Very excited for what to see out of this young team, Nico Collins has been playing out of his mind. But I just don't see anybody else outside of Nico Collins that is going to be a game changer for the Texans. And I think that is going to be a big letdown for that team as the Ravens absolutely stomp them like we usually do to teams at home. We're not supposed to beat this team because usually a teams we're supposed to blow out. I get the spread, but this is the playoffs. There's no, there's no letdowns in the playoffs. This team is going to be ready. The offensive and defensive coordinators for the Ravens are elite. They're going to have this team ready. This is not the same Ravens team that you saw in 2019. They came in with a 13-3 and record and lost to the Titans. We were susceptible that year to the run. That was the one spot on our team where we knew we didn't have good linebackers. Um, defensive line was getting old. And comes in King Henry, and he goes off. This year's different. Singletary is not a power back. Our defense is elite. We're the first.
first team ever, which is crazy because normally you never hear ever anymore, to lead the league in all three defensive categories. So they got the triple crown on defense. They got the most sacks, the most takeaways, and they have uh, points per game, the best. So, you know, you, you tie that up with a, with a bye week. It looks like everybody that we need is going to be healthy and ready to go. And, you know, that's just the defense. Now you have to deal with Lamar. You have to deal with the offense, the creativity, and you're coming into our house, which you know it's going to be loud. I'm going to be there in person. It's going to be right now. keeps changing, but three degrees with the wind chill at 430 on Saturday. So I'm super pumped and excited. I think we're absolutely going to stomp this team. There's a reason why the line makers made it nine and a half. This is not Dallas who comes in with a stupid game plan. Can't believe I took them last week. Just They sucked me in, Eric. They sucked me in again. They suck in the playoffs. They suck in the playoffs. They suck in the playoffs. All right, I'm done. Hey, you know, what happened to no emotion? I'm, you know. No, they just suck in the playoffs. See, there's garbage. They're not prepared. They do the stupid offense where they think they're going to be able to do whatever they want. And when, you know, in the NFL, when you get to the playoffs, everything is magnified. The windows are even smaller than the regular season to make throws. Your mistakes are heightened. So if you make one mistake, that could be a game changer. In the regular season, teams can come back at times. You just don't see that in the playoffs. Teams that get off to the start, they keep it. It's just unless you're, you know, the Falcons in the Super Bowl when they were up 28 to 3. But you can't make mistakes early. And teams like the Eagles, complete garbage, didn't have a game plan, got destroyed. The only good game of the weekend was Detroit and the Rams. That was back and forth. That was a great game. Everything else was basically a blowout. I mean, Buffalo almost got backdoor covered because they missed that field goal. But, again, at home, they got the job done. And, you know, Kansas City demolished the Dolphins as well. So, you know, again, this is why playoff football is so difficult. You really have to be on your A game from the start to the finish. And I'm I'm hopeful that there's no, let you know, uh, hangover from this week off for the Ravens. We needed it. We needed to get healthy. So I can't get mad there at all. I mean, I don't really have a choice. It's That's just how it is once he gets a bye. But I just hope we don't come out flat and we're ready and we're ready to rock, man, because it's going to be loud. It's going to be cold. And the Texans are going to get obliterated. I mean, give me a projected score since they're going to get obliterated. Well, I told you that yesterday. I think the score is going to be 28-10. Maybe. You never know. When when they start scoring, they're going to score in bunches. So if we get off to a lead quick and we make them one-dimensional, it could be 35-17. I don't think the cold is going to matter nearly as much. It's not snow. These teams know how to play the cold. It's the 
to, to win in the cold is how you win playoff games because you have to be able to follow the snow. If you follow the snow and you win, that's how you become a Super Bowl champion. Fortunately, Houston doesn't get to play in a dome the rest of the way unless they get to the Super Bowl, which is in Las Vegas, in a dome. But they gotta be they gotta go on the road and no matter the outcome of this game, they would have to either go to Kansas City or Buffalo. And those two places are not gonna be warm in mid January. So all these teams, it's look, there's only four teams left in the AFC. Everything is gonna get scrutinized and you know, I could talk about this for hours, but I expect the Ravens not only to cover, but to just blow them out. I think CJ Stroud's gonna make a lot of mistakes. The pressure is going to get to him. He's not going to be able to stand back there. We're going to take away Nico Collins and say, all right, Robert Woods, try to beat us. Okay, Schultz, try to beat us. He's not going to run on us. Singletary's not going to run on the Ravens. That I am very certain of. And defensively, I don't know how they're going to start the, the gauntlet of what Lamar could bring. You know, I just, it, he is a juggernaut. Every play has three variations. Sometimes it's an RPO where he's run pass option. Sometimes it's a drop back and he scrambles, but he still looks down the field. Sometimes he scrambles and he runs. And then sometimes it's a strictly a design run as a defensive coordinator. That is a such hard task to dial in and say, okay, we're going to take away Lamar's running. He's not going to run on us. Like, this is back in 2019. Teams would say, we're not going to let him run. We're going to make him pass. But what are you going to do now when he could just as easily pass because he has weapons? So there's a reason why the Ravens are 13-4. and four. There's a reason that three of those four losses could have easily been wins if it wasn't for early in the season and the team just not gelling yet with a new coordinator, a lot of new people. A lot of new moving pieces on offense and defense. So, you know, would I be surprised? Yes, if they lost the game. I'd be very, very surprised. But it is playoff football, and uh, anything can happen. But I'm quite certain, certain spots, like there's a reason why they didn't make them five. Because originally, before the line came out, I did not think it was going to be nine and a half. I thought they would suck you in and, and make it lower, like seven and a half maybe eight, but it opened at 10 and dropped to nine and a half. That's, that's a lot of respect for both San Fran and Baltimore. Well, what I will say regarding winning, not actually covering, is it's very hard to win on the road. I think last week it was uh, four and one if you took every home team straight up. Mm-hmm. The, only road, the only home team in the loss was Dallas. Is that right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Houston won. Yep. Yeah. Yep, Houston so won, Tampa Bay won, Buffalo won, Kansas City won. And, yeah, the only one that didn't was uh, the Cowboys. Okay, so four and one at home, right? So mm-hmm. let's talk about, first of all, before we move, get break down each game, let's talk about these odds, right? So Mr. D from Tampa Bay is texting me right now, but he's originally from Detroit, so he's a Detroit fan. And, you know, he's high on Detroit, which I give absolutely zero chance. That's my personal opinion. Sorry, Dave. Um, but the odds makers also give them zero chance. If you look at the actual Super Bowl that? Uh, odds, um, 
Oh, you're talking about San for Detroit? Yeah, so look, if you look at the Super Bowl odds, San Fran is plus 175. Baltimore is plus 270. San Fran's still the favorite. Uh, Buffalo's plus 490. This is as of right now. Kansas City's plus 700. Detroit's plus 1,000. And then, of course, Green Bay's plus 3,000. But you got Detroit and Green Bay down at the bottom. I, 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 I still think it's going to be ball. I, jumping ahead without breaking down the games, I, it just to me looks like it's going to either be uh, San Fran and Baltimore or Kansas City and somebody if, if neither of those two teams get in. I don't, well, I don't see Detroit I, being I, I don't see I don't, I don't I, As a matter of fact, like, Detroit, if you look at the line, it's six. I mean, if that thing, it's six and a half now uh, at Circa in Las Vegas. Uh, if that thing goes to seven, man, you've got to take Tampa Bay all day long. Yeah, if it gets to that key number of seven, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you know who the sharp top act- teams in the NFL are against the spread? Well, obviously, Tampa Bay is really good against the spread. Tampa Bay is twelve and six against the spread. Detroit is twelve and six against the spread, and they're playing. Well, each Tampa's other. also the auto bet scenario. That, that eight, scenario eight, is you eight, always take the dog. I'm sorry. Well, Tampa Bay's Tampa Bay is eight and one on the road against the spread. Also, yeah. I mean, I actually I like Tampa Bay on the money line a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. That's just my opinion. Again, it's a little sprinkle on the money line. Yeah, I don't to, to Detroit, and I know I'm gonna you know. Offend a lot of the Detroit lovers. They're, they're fake. They, they're going nowhere. This is it. Even if they well, win I wouldn't. This game, I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't. I, don't, I think they're the they're worst. A really no. I they're think, a really good team. They've look. There's a reason they're thirteen and five. There's a reason they're thirteen and five. They had twelve wins going into the playoffs. One less win against the Ravens. But they lost. They lost to the Ravens. A blowout on the road. They are a better home team. Not talking about the cover. I'm just talking about from winning perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're exactly. seven and two to win at home. Now they're five and four against the spread at home, which is isn't great. But they're a tough team, man. And when you're hot and you're now back at home and there's no weather and the style of play that they play against a a, a defense that Tampa Bay runs, I think meshes up well. But again, it's the playoffs. It's it's so uniquely hard to make money. That's why the Sharps, we're not, you know, it's all a long game. We don't care about sports, you know, on Divisional Saturday and Divisional Sunday, we're going to be betting college basketball, NBA, tennis, you know, golf. We don't care. We're just putting the, the volume, and I want to say this because I know a lot of this show is strategically for education of sports betting. The key to winning in sports betting is to throw up as much volume as possible and to catch an edge over a sample size of a thousand games or more. We could dissect games one on one, but like there's no such thing as a big game they can't lose. It's just all math, it's all long term, it's all strategy, it's sticking to the strategy. Like I had a couple clients that called me this morning because uh, the last two days of NBA haven't been profitable. And the reality is, you know, you have to be able to accept the losing streaks because they're going to happen at any point and just ride it and not deviate from it, not bet more, not try to pick your own games, not try to fade the games. And, and this is like the, you know, the mini conversation 
to do it. And and you have to be able to focus and, and get through it. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, NFL is great for entertainment because everybody watches it. Everybody has an opinion. There's a lot of media coverage. But what about Sacramento State and college basketball on Saturday? You're just not going to bet it. Or if you could find value in, you know, incarnate ward, there's not, it's a soft market. So you have to be multidimensional and, and have every strategy follow the actual money management within that strategy. And that's what we developed for all our clients. Because all of our telegram channels that we provide to our clients, they're all backed by professional betting groups that are doing it themselves. They're the ones putting up the money on their own games. And they realize because of the legalization of gambling over the last couple of years, that it doesn't hurt their price by them selling the same content and the same lines of what they're betting to the general public. And that's where we came in. You know, you've had connections for what now, 35 or 36 years. I mean, it's going on 36. A I'll long be, time, man. I'll be, I'll be, 51 on January 31st, and I skateboarded to the office when I was 14, had to get a work permit to even answer the phones, and I never left. So, yeah, it's been a long-run road. So, yeah, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've been to many professional betting syndicate trading floors, and, and that's like the people at the Pick Dogs community. They, they, a lot of these guys, they don't understand the – because there's the, – with the legalization of wagering, everything is handicapping, handicapping, handicapping. And, you know, from the education point of view, no, I'm not going to lie. I'm human. I get frustrated because of the bozo questions that I get all, and I'm not calling the clients bozos. It's just that I take it for granted that if I say nickel, you know what it means. If I say dime, you know what it means. If I say dollar, you know what it means. I take it for granted if somebody calls me up and says, I watched one of your YouTube videos and you said it's a dime for a month. So what do I do? Send you 10 cents and like really mean it. Like it's like it. So I have to remember that a lot of people don't even understand the lingo. They don't even understand the terminology. They don't well, understand the new betters. Well, cause I think you're using the terminology from I'm old man. <laughs> 35 years of sports betting where everybody communicated that way. Now with the legalization and somebody that's betting FanDuel, he doesn't know what a nickel is. There's no idea. You have to literally say, and, and you know, and we've changed with the times, but, um, oh, so Brett, Brett just texted me, Brett. Yeah. yeah my man, Brett being yeah, a fan. He said, uh, he saw this once a really good quote. So I'm going to say it on air. If you don't succumb to thinking you're some sort of genius during the winning streaks, you won't be as likely to doubt yourself in the losing streaks. Couldn't have said it better, Brett. It's exa- repeat, it's, re- repeat that again. If you don't succumb to thinking you are some sort of genius during the winning streaks, you won't be as likely to doubt yourself in the losing streaks. Because right. the, the change is always going to happen. It's never right. a linear line. And, and Brett, is one of our oh, yeah, but let's, let's, clients. Let's, listen, let's, let's talk about Brett. So Brett is, you know, this is a perfect example. Brett is, you know, uh, a 20 something crypto trader that is used to thousand of 
5% volatility in either direction. So when you talk about gambling and risk management, when you're somebody that's trading these coins that literally go up and down thousands, we're not talking hundreds, thousands of percent. Like, it's a news story, and there's like uh, uh, scenarios in place that if the stock market goes down 5% in a day, they like shut it down, right? Like like we're talking like pre-COVID, right? Or if there's mm-hmm. like some war news event, like they'll literally just pull the breakers. Just say, all right, we'll come back for another day. In his world of crypto trading, there's no breaker. Things move 2,000, 3,200%. He's given me coins that I'm following that are $6 one minute, $9 the next minute, dip back down to $2, back up to 6 I mean, stuff that in the stock market percentage move-wise would blow somebody's brains out. So what you have to understand is that when he's wagering on a system from a syndicate better point of view, it's easy for him. Because no matter how big the swing, in relation to the world of that world, they're infinitesimal. You know, half a percent, two percent, three percent, four percent, five percent. You have a bad drawdown, you lose twenty percent on a drawdown. Twenty percent, you could lose twenty percent or make twenty percent in eight seconds if you're trading this crazy stuff. So you have the newbie gambler, and then you have the young guy that's already he got. So you got to remember for all those listening, you know. You can tell your story. You've said it before. You, you, you know, you spent what? How many bitcoins on a pizza? <laughs> Come on, Come you got to give man. it up. There's no pizza. There's no pizza. Stop down, please. Sounds no good. How many? That how many coins great. did you have at one? T- how many bitcoins did you have? I don't. I mean, you have to bring it up every to now. All one more time. Last time. Last time till next week. Go ahead. You said that last time, right? You said that I last said, time. Well, last all right. time quick story. Quick story. Not going to give everybody uh, bore everybody with a long rant here. Back in 2007, I was fairly young, mid-20s, I, I enjoyed the fruits of the dark web. We're going to say that. We, you know, we, it's, it's a kid's show. So, family-friendly version I'm going to give here. So, back in 2007, I, I enjoyed the, the dark web. And the only way to purchase stuff on the dark web um, was to have cryptocurrency. Back then, it was very hard to purchase it. The exchanges were much harder to navigate. But somebody who was already doing it kind of gave me the rundown. And I was sharp enough to pick up on it, even in my mid-20s. And even back then, because it was much harder back then. It's not, there's no, there's no Coinbase. This is pre-Coinbase. So I go ahead and buy... At the time, all I needed to make this purchase was 350 Bitcoins. Okay. <laughs> I buy 350 Bitcoins. Granted, back then, that 350 was worth $4 a coin. $4. Not 1000 not 2000 not 20000 $4. So a buddy of mine who was doing it before me, and again, there was, there, the volatility was very low back then. You didn't see it move much yet. So I remember him buying the coins himself, different transaction, going away on vacation, came back, and his money tripled. He's like, whoa, what's going on here? I'm not even going to buy anything. I'm just, just going to, I just made 3x my money. And I didn't think of it like that. Again, very clouded young individual that I was. And 
I went ahead and bought what I bought. I remember I bought it again and I bought it again. So I had three different chances to take that 350 Bitcoins and store it somewhere. Maybe, maybe talk to a professional, maybe get some advice. Nobody knew anything back then, let alone why I even had cryptocurrency. So I didn't take it to that route. So I have zero. I never kept them. Never kept them. Now, my friends would make fun of me because, you know, this is about now about six years ago or even five years ago when they kept skyrocketing. My friends would keep sending me what they would be worth had I kept any of them, what they'd be worth. They kept going up. So they kept torturing me. It was a good laugh. But, you know, what you don't know, you don't know. And could I have been sharper and had some guidance back then? Would have definitely helped because if I did have some guidance, I wouldn't have done anything except store them in a safe place and, you know, and wait five, six years. But similar to sports betting, if you want to go into this rogue and you just want to freely bet your own games, but then still have a business to operate, family to be present with, have social events and anything else that you do in your daily life. And then you think you could sit down and scan the board for a Saturday with 133 college basketball games and think that is going to produce winning results long-term, you have got to lose your mind. It is never going to happen. It is too hard unless you're truly dialed in every single day. And if you don't, you're going to get hammered. There's a reason why every time I turn on ESPN, there's 37 commercials for DraftKings. Well, now it's ESPN bet, but you know, on all the different channels, it's DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars, MGM, you know, get a bonus, boosting, same game parlays. I mean, I, I just saw this stat where last year in New York, just online, just online in New York, I think it was New York, New Jersey, it had $4 billion in transactions last year. $4 billion, not million, billion with a B. So you think about that. That's the, how many people the, are doing it. And here's the funny part. So I come from, you know, if somebody goes on to Google right now, I just did it while I'm on the phone with you. I come from the 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 old world, uh, the the CG world, the computer group. So if you just go online in Google and you just type in the computer group, that's it. You'll see Wikipedia comes up. And you'll see it literally comes up. Michael Kent was one of the two founders of the computer group, which used statistics-based sports betting to predict the outcome of college football. The group reportedly made millions each season, according to figures compiled at the time. The computer group in 1983, what year did you come to the United States from the Ukraine? 91. Okay. Before you were even here, the group, uh, wrap your head around this, before the internet, the group in 1983-84 earned $5 million from wagers on college and occasionally NFL games. So one thing that you learn, it's, it's 2024, 1984, 40 years ago. What did you learn right there in that sentence before I continue? What you learned is all the pros concentrate on college football, not the NFL. Even back then. 
this does not. So what you have to understand is you had groups like uh, that Billy Walters, Glenn Walker, Dr. Menon, Larry Ducart, Michael Levitt, of which a lot of this comes out of Baltimore, Maryland. So he was he made statistical models when this guy was 34 years old. And you're talking about 40 years ago. So remember, people were beating this with statistical models pre-artificial intelligence in 1983, 84. I was 10 years old in 1983. That was the year that the Baltimore Orioles won the World Series, right? These guys were accused of fixing games because nobody could believe how much they won. Fast forward 40 years, and everybody thinks that they can just Google who's going to win a game and beat these beat these numbers. And when you look at certain people that we deal with, Brett's aware of them. I'm not going to name them on the radio. Um, they're they're all statistical based. They're all uh, database driven. There is really no emotion. When you look at Troy and Summerlin, same thing. We've you know Troy is deals with the. I mean, he is such an enigma in what he does, money lines only, and he only deals with, you know, clients, high net worth clients that, you know, have a million dollars minimum as their wagering capital and won't sell picks to the general public because he can't deal with the emotional uh, levels of these guys. And the guy's literally been doing it. And you've seen seen the computer program in action. Um, I mean, he's been doing it for 40 years. And these, every one of these guys that I deal with, they all have the same computer underlying structure as opposed to opinion of who do you like. And I think that it's funny because you can learn a lot. They say learn from history. Well, if you could beat them with pre-internet, pre-artificial intelligence, what changed now is everybody has access to a computer, but... So do the sports books. They're much more sophisticated. They're much more intelligent. They're much more right on the numbers. If you look at the NFL uh, this last season, regular season NFL, uh, and I know you haven't looked at this, but you know I always tell you every year that it's about favorites win in the NFL. I say this at the beginning of every season. Favorites win in the NFL 52% of the time. So, Right now, you know what the record is in the NFL regular season that just closed? What's that? 52.5%. Favorites were 139. Dogs were 126. So wrap your head around that. Favorites were 139. Dogs were 126. There literally was, it's, it's like a joke. It's even. 13 games separated the favorites from the dogs. But here's the kicker. That's not the whole record. So the separation from the favorite to the dog, that means if you're a favorite lover, you only won 13 more games on the closing number than the dogs, which basically means you can blindly close your eyes, flip a coin on any NFL game, and you have a 50% chance to win, right? But (laughs) there was another 13 games. So that pushed on the closing number. So 13, 13, so 139, 126, and 13. So that means the separating value from the dog to the favorite was 13 games. And then there was another 13 games that if you bet them at the close, at post, 
you pushed. Now, on those 13 games, if you're a syndicate, you were betting Tuesday, or you, or then, and you were beating the number on the right side, you could easily have had another 13 winners. But when you look back and you look at the entire season and you say, okay, 139 plus 126 plus 13, 278 games complete, and basically you could sit there and parse and obsess over each individual game like Dallas winning or Dallas losing. And the truth of the matter is if you just had a dartboard and you just put up the schedule on the dartboard and you just threw darts at this paper and you just blindly bet them, guess what? You'd be 52%. (laughs) You'd literally be down juice. You'd have the same record. So the Sharps, they're working within a such a refined even playing field where every game is basically equal while the gambler is looking for blowouts. Why in handicapping marketing, you're looking for absolute blowouts. Well, how can you have absolute blowouts if every game is a 50-50 proposition? Yes, it's a perception when a game wins big. You know, it's a perception that it's a – but when you, when you backtrack and look in the rear view mirror of 278 games, come on, man. Just flip a coin. Flip a coin. No, that's uh, it, it, the education part that we provide. I think is, and a lot of a lot of our clients. I mean, you could attest to this. Are very grateful. Like I get text after the show because it's so unique outside of the the rest of the brand on PD, where it's everything's free predictions, which is great. It's very important too. People want to win. But people also want to be educated to make this a passive income and treat it like a business. Not everybody, but we have a lot of clients that do want to do that. So the fact that we could coach people, like even guys called me this morning, it's, you know, they, they want to know the, the process. What do I do if the system's down? I know the last couple of days weren't good in NBA. No big deal. I explain it to them. They're not aggressive. They're just more, they want to understand. And that's all anybody wants, really when they're losing in some kind of trading is they want to understand just like when we're winning, I give them the same education. So, you know, I wouldn't take the, the foot off the gas. Everything is, it's like groundhog's day. Yesterday is gone. Today is all I care about. Don't talk about the games, the reason why it lost, what players didn't play, what players did play. None of that matters because it doesn't, it will only cloud my judgment into how we operate going forward. Like these betting groups that you're dealing with, they have losing day. They could have a losing week. They don't care because they've been doing this for 365 days a year for two decades online because it's only been around online, you know, the way that they can bet for two decades. But they've been doing this systematically for much longer than that. And I don't know anybody else in this industry that has connections like we do. I mean, guys like Micah Smith, guys like Tyler Smith, who they just won the DraftKings Sports, um, the the Pick'em Contest. We all know who they're connected to and, and who they're backed by in terms of the games that they get. You know, Mitch didn't bring us into the team because we're just guys off the street. We're not handicappers. Those guys, they get signed on and, and do the – the, the, the handicapper contest, 
Yeah, they could be they could be no name guys yet, but they're very good at specific sports, and that's why they're they're selling their picks on the website. But for us, we give you access to these betting groups. That's why you're not seeing direct texts from us on the games. Everything is funneled through these groups, and these large betting syndicates are sending games, whether it's an hour before game time, whether it's the NFL, which we already released three games for the weekend on Monday, which we've basically been doing the entire NFL season as we're getting that sharp number. We have guys on the site that want to produce an all-access pass, which is a rated model that they only do for Telegram subscribers. I mean, this is next-level stuff. And if somebody's willing to commit and be able to handle the volume, which means if you can handle the volume, what does that also mean? You have to be able to handle the swings. And if you can't, then it's not for you. I would just stick to daily betting and having yourself entertainment with same-game parlays. But if you want to treat it like a business, it's possible, man. I mean, you, you've seen it long-term that it's very, very profitable. But that also comes with losing. It's never just like, hey, we, we just wake up every month and it's always winning every day. It's not the case. It's never going to be the case. Let me ask you about this Green Bay-San Fran game, just to get back to some individual games. Too, too many points? Green Bay pulled off a – they look good, man. They look good. I don't know if they look good or the other team look bad, but, you know, very rare in the playoffs where you have two – you know, we'll call we'll call the Ravens a double digit favorite, even though it's nine and a half. I mean, these are the, I can't remember lines being this high this time of year, and then have two of them in the same day. Well, they're two of the best teams, two of the teams that have beat up on a lot of teams this year, and they're predicting them to to keep firing. I mean, a San Fran Ravens Super Bowl is high probability. Why? Because they're teams that are at home. There are teams that have won both on the road and at home, so they've proven it's not just a home thing. Like with Dallas, Dallas lost last week because they haven't been tested all year round on the road and at home. Well, yeah, they were great at home, but on the road they sucked, which means they're, they're beatable. Teams like San Fran, I mean, they destroyed teams on the road. They destroyed teams at home. Same thing with the Ravens. So the path is much easier for San Fran simply because they only play the winner of Detroit or the Bucks at home if they win versus if the Ravens win, they have to play Buffalo or Kansas City. I mean, there's three teams that I still think in the AFC that could win the Super Bowl. Buffalo could win it, Kansas City could win it, and the Ravens could win it. I don't see a scenario where I think the last team to do it was no, actually no. Cause uh, the Texans were at home last week because the Ravens did. Oh no. The Ravens did the same thing. We won the wild card game at home. Then we went on the road, beat Denver, then beat um, the Patriots. And then we beat San Francisco in the, in the Super Bowl. So it's to win in the playoffs on the road. Back-to-back games, which is what the Texans would have to do, would be very difficult. So, you know, not to get off track. I know we were talking about the well, San Fran Green Bay game, but it's just it's just so much going on right now with the scenarios in the NFL. It's, there's 
you can get off track fairly easily. But no, I uh, I still like San Fran here. I think Green Bay had a no, perfect no, recipe. Cover. I'm talking to cover or to yeah, get to cover. To cover. To cover. Yep. To All right, well, uh, we got I know Green 15 Bay's minutes. Well. We got about 11 minutes left. Let's go over to Sunday. And uh, now we'll jump to the games we I, I know I already touched on Tampa Bay, Detroit, but give me your breakdown on that game. What do you think? I think Detroit's offense matches up really well against the defensive scheme of Tampa Bay, which, and I get, look, I get it. Tampa's 8-1 and on the road, ATS. Um, they played really good last game. They beat up on the Eagles at home. It's it's going to be different. I think Detroit's pass rush, Hutchinson's going to be in Baker's face all game. I, it's going to be much harder for him to score points. And Detroit has not been a great covering team at home, but I think the momentum from winning their first game in 30 years, I don't think it's going to be a letdown. They're, they're just going to be just as ready for this week. And the receivers, not even the running game, because Tampa's got a really good run defense. The receivers of Detroit that are very elite. Amra St. Brown made the Pro Bowl. Unbelievable player. Jamison Williams is coming along, playing extremely well. And then you have Sam Laporta, who could, you know, easily, if it wasn't for Stroud, could be an offensive rookie of the year with elite talent at the tight end position. I don't think the pass rush is going to get to golf, just the way that they play defense. I don't think they have enough pass rushers that are going to get there. They're a run-stuffing team. I think Jared Goff has time all day, and they get the cover at six and a half. Give me Detroit. And if you notice, I was talking about the Super Bowl odds, and I gave you the top the top bracket before you hit show more in these books, and it was San Fran, Baltimore, um, Buffalo, and below Buffalo at plus 700 was Kansas City. So you have Buffalo plus 490, and you have Kansas City plus 700, and you have Buffalo at home minus 2.5, and... A half, and it seems like a lot of people are writing off uh, Kansas City. Buffalo's won six in a row, I believe. So what's your take on this matchup? Obviously, from a betting point of view, if you didn't have any info, auto bet under three, you just take Bills. And if it hits three, you take KC just as an auto bet. Again, back to that 52% uh, in the NFL. But what's your take on this game? Oh, it's such a 50-50 game. Really is. Um I have not bet this game. I don't think I'm going to bet this game. Do you remember? So, obviously, you remember. Do you remember this last time in the playoffs, this game? Obviously, I don't remember, so refresh my memory. <laughs> so, let me let me give you another hint. You cried two different times during the end of the game. Just go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was different. That was because of my man, Brian. But go ahead. I know, but this was the last time they met in the playoffs. Yeah, I remember. I, yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah. That, that would have the lead changed like in two seconds. <laughs> it it changed back and forth four times in the last minute. <laughs> right. And then they went to overtime. Right, 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 right. It was bonkers that game, but that was our buddy Mike, who was very upset when, <laughs> when the Buffalo lost. <laughs> Because he had it in the bag, then he didn't have it in the bag, then he had it in the bag, then he didn't have it in the bag in like a span of two minutes. Oh, man. But, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was very quiet. <laughs> very quiet. Had to, 
he was my ride home that night. Remember, he told me he was like, "You got to get your own ride home." You oh, yeah, he home. cut out early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was the last time they met in the playoffs. So now it's not in Kansas City; it's in Buffalo. Buffalo has been playing really good ball. Kansas City. How do you fade Mahomes in the playoffs? We've learned over the years you don't do it. <sighs> such, such, such a tough matchup. I got to go with the home team. I think this is the year that Buffalo gets the head, gets ahead over Kansas City. I think it's just they're just really hot right now at the right time. They've only lost one game. I don't think the weather matters because both teams know how to play in the cold. Again, this is one of those, you can make an argument for both sides. I just, um, I'm riding the home team under the, under the three key number. Not a game. Right, so let me, let me, let me, let, let, let me play watch. devil's advocate. So you got four home teams coming off a of four and one last week. As Brian Blessing Lakes used to say, you always throw out last week's to make this week's decisions, but we know the homers are going to be on. We know the public is going to be predominantly on the home teams, right? So Detroit won last week, but they didn't cover. So how many, and Dallas didn't win at all and obviously didn't cover. How many of these teams do you think will win? Like if I had to say, which teams do you think have the least chance of winning and moving on, but not covering? Which who would you pick to win, move on, but not cover? San Fran. San Fran. I mean, you could throw the Ravens in there too, but I think I mean it's not even biased. I think it's just a bad matchup for Houston. They're going to get absolutely obliterated. I'll keep saying it over and over again. So, what do you think the line should be? It's nine and a half now. Line of the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. I think they should have opened it at seven and a half. Okay, so you're basically saying the line's too high. Line's too high. But then you're saying you. I mean, that, that, that was my. I was my. I'm trying to mess. Well, no. No, I'm saying my opening line before they put up the lines was I thought it was going to be seven and a half, and Got it's it. nine and a half. I mean, it should. But I, based on just injuries after the game, who's playing, who's not playing, who's come back, this is before all that, I made it seven and a half. So, obviously, if that was the case, um, I wouldn't be taking the Ravens because I'm getting two and a half, you know, two points worse. But after seeing the players back at practice, who's going to be out there for the Ravens, who's going to be out there for Houston doing a much deeper dive, the line, sh- the line is right where it should be, so I'm not getting a huge advantage from an EV standpoint. But this is just plain and simple. If you're going to take, if you're going to expect the Ravens to win, they're not going to just win by three. This is going to be a blowout. And where are you sitting? So you're with the wife. Where are you sitting with the wife? No, no wife. No wife. Too cold for the wife. It's going to be two degrees. Wait a minute. Wait. So you went for what did you you went for two tickets? I know what you paid an arm and a no, leg. We got for two tickets. tickets. We got four well, tickets. So who's going? So let me yeah, guess. Yeah, let me guess. I'm going. Let me guess. You won Costi and three mics. Two mics. 
You were close. Two Mikes. Okay. Every single person Mike. you know outside of work is named Mike. It's amazing. And a buddy, a buddy of ours who, um, who's a good friend of ours from out of town is flying in. Um, he's a Jets fan, so he took us to the Jets game. Remember last year, I went to the Jets game uh-huh. opening week. So he, we're taking him to a Ravens game. He's a huge football fan in general, so he's coming in. And where for the you weekend guys to hang out? Thirty, I think it's forty yard line, thirty-five, forty yard line, um, lower level opponent side. So the other Mike, the other Mike has he's going to the DraftKings suite again. So right. if I was just going. If I was just so we'll call him we'll call him we'll call him Silent Mike. He was the Silent Mike on the Buffalo silent, game. Go ahead. Yes, si- Silent Mike from the Buffalo game is going to the DraftKings sweep, but because um, our buddy's flying in, he's not going with us. I would have went with him, obviously. But you know what? I like because I'm an ex football player. I like to be out there in the cold, like I'm in the trenches with the team. Like I don't need to be in a suite eating caviar. And, you know, crab balls. Like, that's not me. Is it nice if I take the wife? Yes. I like to be out there in the conditions at war with my team. Call me what crazy. The weather call me dumb. Um, let me see. It keeps changing. Because it is cold today. Whew. Yeah, it keeps changing. But for right now. Right now, it's 25 degrees. Okay, so right now. With it's wind got a real feel, a real feel high with the wind, five degrees. On at on game time. at that's game kind of time. That's game time. By nighttime, it's going to be one. <laughs> it says here's here's how the description on my weather app. Times of sun and clouds, windy and very cold, bitter cold. Be sure to wear layers. It never says that. <laughs> But I went. I went to uh, the sporting goods store um, before I actually came here today, and I got I got some gear. I mean, I have I already have gear, but I got some some gear. Gear. You're not gonna. I mean. We're not gonna see you on TV like that guy with no shirt on in Kansas City. Come no, on, do it. out of his mind. Well, I don't. I'm I'm sober. I don't drink, so I'm pretty sure that guy is not sober. That's for sure. Right. 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 You can't be sober and take your shirt off in negative thirty. Well, I know the music's going to start soon. We'll we'll see what oh, happens. Quick, quick Next thing. Week. Quick, go quick, ahead. Take it away to the so music. My go dad, ahead. you know, my dad, my dad came here right before the show, and he brought yeah. me clothes because he thought I don't have cold gear. Right. <laughs> his, main, his main concern. He points to to the crotch area. He goes, "If that freezes, your reproductive system freezes. You don't want that." You don't want that. Like, that's all he was worried about because he knows I'm trying to pitching you for a grandkid already. I love it. I I was like, Dad, I'm all right. I'm good. Trust me. I'm fine. I'm going to make it. There you go. We'll be back next week. SportsInsiderRadio.com.